1: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Brothers and sisters, it's true. God strongly desires to have an intimate relationship with me and you. That's one of the reasons why he sent Jesus Christ to Calvary's tree to pay sin's dead and full for you and me, to make that opportunity of increased intimacy with him available to you and me. But unfortunately, although the opportunity is there, most Christians don't seem like they care. They don't even look to have and enjoy an intimate relationship with God. And if they do, I don't think they know how to. The Bible tells us that there are proven pathways that we can take to increase the intimacy of our relationship with God. All of us who are Christians, all of us who are the children of God should wanna know what those pathways are so that we can do what we need to do to have and enjoy increased intimacy with God our Father like he wants us to do so that we can benefit even more than we already do from the relationship that we have with the God who loves me and you. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Pray as well as say, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, get two, three, four, four, high five around you. Tell them it's time to be blessed up in the house of God today. Come on, give two, three, four folk high five around you. And tell them to have an ear to hear what the Lord is going to say. And I'm telling you, y'all about to get blessed up in here, up in here, up in here in Jesus' name. Praise God, amen. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith, same results. Praise God. If you got your Bible with you, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 3 and get ready for this word I'm about to give to thee. It's a word. It's going to be a good word coming from a good God just to you so that you can know what it is that our father expects of you. I'm talking about his children. Praise God. I got any children of God in the house, but I'm in the right house then. Praise God. Matthew chapter three, we're going to start reading at verse 13. This is the foundational text of the teaching that we've been learning. Pathways to increased intimacy with God. This is a time and this is a season that God is inviting us into increased intimacy with him. He's inviting us to draw near. Has anybody got an ear to hear? He's been inviting us to draw near, to draw closer than we were before. Why? So the way as we get closer to him, we're going to recognize some open doors, some things that it is that he has in store for me and you that can only be seen as you draw near like he's inviting you to. We're going to read once again our foundational text, move on into today's stuff, which I'm telling you is going to bless you real good. Matthew chapter 3, we'll start reading at verse 13. It reads, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. He's talking about the righteousness for you and me too. Then he suffered him, did what he asked him to do. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Of course, we know that he was speaking of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, who is also our elder brother, a brother like none other, one that sticks closer than a brother. Praise God. One that's there to be able to be there for me and you, and also the Father put him there as an example for me and you. So that we who receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and the substitutionary act that he went to the cross and did for me and you, that would be able to buy our salvation so that we can be getting, get back in right standing with God like we're supposed to. Well, we have an opportunity to be able to see who Jesus was so we can learn who he is so that we can be able to live the life that's his. Because when Jesus Christ went to the cross for me and you, he did a great exchange, praise God, to give us an uh, an opportunity to live like we would never be able to live and do what we would never be able to do. And it was a great exchange too, praise God. For our unrighteousness and sinfulness, he gave us righteousness. For our poverty, he gave us wealth. And for our sickness, he gave us health. And for our distance with God, he gave us the opportunity to be sons of God. Praise God. We found out Jesus is a son of God. We found out that word huio in the Greek for the word son is son, praise God. But it could be either an immediate son or a remote son. It could either be a close son or a distant son. That's why that adjective is added to the front of his sonship. We called him the beloved son so that we can be able to know what kind of son he was. And he's the kind of son that we need to be too. The one that God's inviting me and you to do. And that is to draw close to him so we can be a close son just like Jesus was. We found out that Jesus was a praying man, Praise God. And as a praying man, he, had, he humbled himself under God's mighty hand and did everything that the Lord told him to do. It's one of the reasons why he was considered such a beloved son, one that was so pleasing to God and, and dear to God because he stayed near to God and did what it is that the Father wanted him to do. Well, that's the sons that we're going to be. We're going to be the sons that are near to God and dear to God that are willing to do what God wants us to do and live out the life that he has in store for me and you. Praise God. We've been learning, praise God, about one of the prayers that Jesus prayed while he was um, uh, in, in the presence of the Father. And that was prayers of consecration. Prayers of consecration where he would consecrate himself, dedicate himself to the special purpose or service that God had for him. He would dedicate himself to the special purpose or service that God had in store for him. He would set himself apart, praise God, so that he could be able to worship God as well as serve God and do what it is that God wants him to do, and that's to be able to live out the life that he had planned. Well, that's the same thing that God has has desired for me and you. He wants us to be able to live out lives that are are, are, are allowing us to be able to do what it is that God wanted us to do, that he put us on this earth to do. That's what he plans, and that's what we're going to do, praise God. We've been learning all kinds of things about that because Jesus was our prototype, the original. He was the model of which something is supposed to be based and formed. And we're supposed to be conformed into the image of that son so that we could be the same kind of sons and be able to make sure that we run this race he gives us to run. He told us to be imitators of him, praise God, followers of him and imitators of him so that we can imitate Jesus and what he did. Well, we begin to start looking at some things that he did. Turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Starting with verse one, here's one of the things that he, uh, he did. Well, we'll go to verse five. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because he was, praise God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We already know John 1 says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So he was equal with God. But at the same time, verse 7 said, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was found in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Obedient in terms of doing what it is that the father wanted him to do. So he did what was necessary to be able to humble himself so he could do what it is that the father wanted him to do. And we found one of the things he did was that he made himself of no reputation. We found out that word made right there means to empty or to make void. He emptied himself, praise God, emptied himself of all his uh, desires, dreams, aspirations, and everything that it is that he could have possibly desired to do. To be able to make sure that he stayed empty so that he could be filled with God's desire. Well, that's that's what we're supposed to do too. It's time for us to begin to start emptying ourselves of all it is of our dreams, our aspirations, and our things that we want to do. So that we can be able to get in line and be the kind of sons that God desires of me and you. Ones that are willing to do what the Father wants us to do. Ones that want are willing to do what the Father wants us to do. And we found out, praise God, that when he was obedient even unto the cross. But by implication, we found out that means he was submissive. That he was unresistingly and humbly obedient to the father. Unresistingly, which means he did not resist the father when the father would tell him what it is he wanted him to do. He would not resist the father when the father would have him go somewhere and do something that he wanted him to. Why? Because he was inclined or ready to submit. That's what the word submissive also means. He was inclined and ready to submit. He was leaning forward into the will of God, desiring to be able to fulfill the will of his father. Why? Because he loved his father. And he was going to demonstrate his love for his father by doing what it is that the father wanted him to do. Well, anybody in here love the father? One of the ways that we can do that and we can demonstrate that is to be able to do whatever it is that the father wants us to do. Because if we are resisting uh, what it is he asked us to do, then it's a demonstration. You ain't got as much much love as you thought you did because you're not willing to do what he wanted you to do. Jesus was humble even unto the death of the cross and made himself a servant of the father. That although he was equal with God, he made himself a servant of the father. And we found out that word servant means bond slave, which means slave by decision. He was not slave by necessity. He was a slave by decision. He made a decision to do what it is that the father wanted him to do. And although he was in right standing with God, we found out that he was willing to lay his, his right standing aside in order to be able to pick up the the, the clothing of a servant and do what it is that a servant will do and that's to be able to serve the ones that it is that he was sent to serve like he ought to Turn over to St. John chapter 13, please. St. John chapter 13. We see here where Jesus laid aside his garment and took upon a servant's garment to minister to his disciples. Why? Because that's what the father sent him to do. Says in verse one, now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew his hour, was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world. He loved them unto the end. We found out that he loved them. He loved them much, we found out. How much? To the point that he was willing to do whatever was necessary in order to aid and assist them in to be able to step into what God had in store for them. And supper being ended, verse two says, the devil having now put, excuse me, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things under his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he knew who he was, he knew where he was from, and he knew what his purpose was. He rises from supper and laid aside his garment representing his righteousness and took a towel and girded himself. We found out last time, praise God, that that towel is talking about a linen cloth and it too represented righteousness. But it was righteousness in, in, a, in another form, worn in a different way. Because the first righteousness that he had was to be able to make sure that everything was right between him and his father. But he laid that aside, strapped on his, 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 his towel in order to be able to make sure that everybody else got right with the father. He strapped on his righteousness to be able to help everybody else. Because a lot of people will tell you that now that you're righteous, you're not supposed to do nothing. Because all that is works. Well, we're supposed to imitate Christ. And Jesus went to work after he strapped on his righteousness and used his righteousness to wash others' feet. He used his righteousness to wash others' feet. Why? Because that washing of other feet allowed people to be able to have a, a part with him, to begin to have a part with him. Well, that's what we're supposed to do too. Because we're supposed to be willing to be able to make sure that other people have a part with him. We see here that Jesus laid aside his garment and placed himself in position to serve disciples by washing their feet, to serve the disciples by washing their feet. Now he was still righteous when he was serving them, just like he was righteous, uh, just like he was righteous before he washed their feet. But he was also the same kind of righteous when he was washing their feet. He he merely used his righteousness to serve other people. And that's the purpose of your righteousness is to also be able to serve other people. Because God didn't just get you right so you could be able to sit back day and night and not help him do what it is that he sent sent you in this earth to do. God gave you righteousness so that now that you're back in right standing, you can be able to do the work of God with a heaven open unto you. You could be able to do the work of God with a heaven open unto you. Because Jesus, who was in right standing, the heavens were opened unto him, and the Spirit of the Lord descended on him as a dove. The Spirit of the Lord, of course, we, we know is the Holy Ghost. But we know why he was, why he was put on him. Because Acts chapter 10 tells us how God was anointed, how Jesus anointed God with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with, uh, with power. Why? So he could go about doing good. So that he could go about doing good. And God done anointed you for the same reason. So that you could go about doing good. Not that you could sit back all oiled up to do nothing, but so that you got oiled up to do something. See, when the Spirit of the Lord moved in on the inside of you, it was to recreate you into the image and likeness of God. But when the Spirit of the Lord came upon you, it was for service. When it came upon you, it was for service. To be able to do what it is that God wanted you to do. Well, you don't just have the spirit of God in you. You got the spirit of God upon you. So that means you're not just in right standing with God in order to be in right standing with God so that you can be able to live in eternity with him, but also so that you can have the power necessary to be able to help other people do it too and step in the line with you. God called us not just to be sons. He called us to be servants also. But we're not servants who are only servants. We're servants who are sons, which means who better to do the work of God than the one that's doing it for their father. See, we're supposed to be imitators of Jesus. One of the ways that we be imitators of Jesus is to be able to do what's necessary to be able to help other people step into what God has in store for us. To do what's necessary to help other people step into what God has in store for them. By laying aside our outward showing of righteousness and do the work of serving others like we always were supposed to do. Do the work of serving others like God called me and you to do. See, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet was him taking upon the form of a servant. We read in Philippians chapter 2 how he took upon the form of a servant. He took upon the form of a servant. Well, when he strapped himself down and got ready to be able to do what he was supposed to do, do with the righteousness of that linen towel that it is that he was supposed to use, it was to be able to do what's necessary to help other people step into that same priesthood too. Because the washing of feet is done by servants. Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 25. I'll show it to you. First Samuel chapter 25. That was him taking upon the form of a servant. So that he could be able to serve like he ought to. Like he was sent to do. That's deep. The Lord of glory was sent to serve. So how is it that the Lord of glory can be sent to serve? And we won't. Are you better than a, the savior? Are you greater than our Lord? First Samuel chapter 25. We'll look at verse 40. It says, and when the servants of David were come to Abigail. Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thy handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of Of the servants of the Lord. See, it's the servants' responsibility to wash the feet of others. She took upon the form of a servant. That although she was about to become wife of the king, she still took upon the form of a servant. Even though she was being brought into royalty, she still took upon the form of a servant. And even though we've been brought into royalty, because I don't know whether you know it or not, but when we got born again, we got made both kings and priests. Book of Revelation tells you that we've been made both kings and priests. Kings mean we rule, that we run things, that we in charge. We call shots and we live large. But at the same time that you're kings, you're also priests. And priests, the function of a priest is to help other people get blessed, help other folk get lined up with God so that God can be able to bless them the way he desires to. Because see, if we're plugged in with the king, then we're going to have the heart of the king. And the heart of the king is he wants everybody to be blessed. Praise God. Our father wants everybody to be blessed. And since our father wants everybody to be blessed, then he needs some more people to help pull this thing off. Praise God. And you, some of the people that he called to help pull it off. Look at your neighbor and say, yep, he talking about you. Yeah, he talking about you. Mm-hmm. And look at somebody else saying he talking about me too. Amen, amen, amen. See, he took upon the form of a servant, Jesus did, in order to be able to do what it is that God wanted him to do. In order for her to do that, she had to, she had to not be prideful. When they came and told her, he came to make you his wife. Now, he's a king, so she's a queen. He said, come to make you queen, praise God. She could have been like, is that right? Well, then you bow and wash my feet. You bow and now wash my feet. Why? Because she is the, 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 uh, uh, the, 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 the queen apparent. Praise God. She's the queen that's going to be queen in a second or two. He's already betrothed her by sending them to go get him, her so that he can bring her back to him so he can do the, the king and the queen thing so that they can be able to do what it is they're supposed to do. But at the same time, instead of her doing that, she humbled herself and still washed their feet just the same and said, let me serve the king by washing the king's servant's feet. Praise God, watching the king's servants' feet. That's what Jesus did, turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Because whether you know it or not, the Old Testament was written, come on, theologically speaking, Christocentrically, which means everything points to Christ, which means everything points to Christ. This was even showing how Christ would do. That When he was brought into the kingship, then that's the same thing he would do, too. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. We were just reading it. We'll read it again. Verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you. Now, 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 he's inviting you to have this same mind too. The Father wants the same mind in us that allowed Jesus to be servant to us. He wants the same mind in us that allowed Jesus to be a servant uh, to be in us too. He wants that same mind to be in us too. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, he was made in the likeness of men. But in order for him to do that, he had to first make himself of no reputation. We found out when he say made himself of no reputation, it meant that he emptied himself. It means he made himself empty to make himself empty. Jesus emptied himself of himself so that he could fill himself with the Father's will. He emptied himself of himself so that he he could be filled with the Father's will. See, a lot of us want to do the will of God for our lives. Can I tell you one of the prerequisites of that? Empty yourself of yourself. That's a prerequisite because you can't pour nothing in a cup that's filled. You can't put nothing in a cup that's filled. And see, God wants to get his will in you. He wants you to be filled full of his will, but he can't when it's already filled with something else. And see, most of us, our minds and our wills and our heads are filled with everything else other than what God said, because we got to empty ourselves before we could pour something in. Come on, you got to empty your hand before you could pick up something new. You got to get rid of something before you can put in something new. And see, God needs us to empty ourselves of ourselves because if the truth is any way near told, most of us will never step into the will of God because we're too full of ourselves. We are too full of ourselves to be able to do the will of God for our lives. Because as soon as God starts speaking about your will, what is the first thing you think about? Yourself. Yourself. Well, what, what about me? What about this? What about that? And all those things point to you. How much am I going to get? How much am I going to get? What else am I going to do? Everything's about you. But Jesus, come on, the one we're supposed to imitate, emptied himself of himself so that he could be filled with the will of his father. See, if we have the same mind that Jesus had, then we, like Jesus, will empty ourselves of ourselves that we can become filled with our father's will. That we can become filled with our father's will. See, the reason why Jesus could do this is because he was mindful of his mission more than he was mindful of himself. The reason why he could take upon the form of a servant is because he was more mindful of the father's will than he was mindful of himself. He was more mindful of the father's will than he was mindful of himself. He was willing to put others before himself like he like we are supposed to learn to do too. He is willing to put others in front of himself. Now, Jesus could have never taken upon the form of a servant if he was still full of himself. That's why he had to empty himself. Just like you ain't never going to be able to step into the will of God for your life if you're still full of yourself. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you've seen that it's true, that God really does want to have an intimate relationship with me and you. I hope even more, that you're being inspired to do what you need to do to take advantage of the pathways of increased intimacy with God that the Bible lays out for me and you so that we can walk through into the awesome opportunity to be even closer to God than we already are like he wants us to do and enjoy the kind of life that can only happen when we're in a more intimate relationship with God that he wants to be with me and you. And enjoy the kind of life that can only happen when we're in a more intimate relationship with God like He wants to have with me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210 785 That's area code 210 785 Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassley Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to send it out your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride if you need a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. And by the way, did you know that Are You Ready for the Word? is on YouTube too. There's all kinds of messages there for you to hear and see on demand that will flat out bless you. And when you get the chance, check out our website. It's at W-O-F-S-A First Letters of Word of Faith, San Antonio. That's W-O-F-S-A You'll be blessed there too, I guarantee you. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing Word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the Word? Y'all
0: stay blessed. See you tomorrow.